0: New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Well, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Today, we're going to delve into Clubhouse, the new social media platform that is all about audio. We have an incredible lineup of Experts joining us. We have uh, Mark Derrickett for representing our uh, the New Zealand side, who's a very long time podcaster. Uh, we have James Cridland, who is a futurist focused very much on the world of uh, worlds of audio and podcasting, and he runs Pod News, an awesome uh, newsletter and podcast for those interested in the podcast uh, world. Uh, we also have Rob Greenley, uh, who has been on the show. Previously, as have uh, as have the others, uh, Rob has a, a a very long involvement and history in the podcasting world, uh, and currently is VP of Content and Partnerships at Libsyn. And from the Australian side, uh, we have John uh, Kepos, who is a social media. Um, I don't know how to describe you, John, actually, um, but we, we, we'll let you each do a, a quick intro yourselves when um, when I'm finished with mine. Um, but he runs a business called Perfection Chocolates in Sydney, um, and and has um, built a, a very strong following on social media, and uh, you know speaks at conferences and so on internationally. So that's our uh, that's our quick sort. of intro, but today I know a lot of our listeners, as with probably most people on the planet, either haven't heard of Clubhouse yet or don't really know what it's about because there's only a small number of users on the platform. Uh, Last I heard, sort of somewhere between six and seven uh, million users, limited just to iOS until the Android uh, app comes out, which uh, seems to be constantly about eight weeks away. So no doubt we'll see that at some stage this year. And to uh, as they're still building out the platform, they are limiting the users on a sort of invite-only type uh, type basis. Um, Actually, maybe uh, James, we could start with you. I'm kind of keen to hear from you. Um, First of all, maybe just give it a little bit more of a further intro in terms of what you do, and then I'd I'd love you to break down for us what you see Clubhouse is and uh, and where it
1: fits. Yeah, thank you, Paul. And um, and it's great to be back on your podcast again. Sadly, not uh, not in Auckland, uh, but still, but there we are. Um, uh, so yes, as you say, I, I write and uh, edit a, a daily podcast called Pod News, um, and it's a, a newsletter. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you can get it for free at podnews.net. Um, and there's also a weekly podcast that I also do called Podland, Land, um, which has a ton of interesting interviews this week I'm hoping that we get the person who invented um, a lot of the web sub and a lot of the RSS um, tech that uh, uh, that podcasting uh, works on. Um, yeah, I think Clubhouse is interesting. Um, I was actually able to use Twitter Spaces over the weekend Um, and uh, Twitter Spaces is essentially just the same as Clubhouse which I thought was really interesting Um, but I think certainly uh, in terms of panel based podcasts such as this it's an interesting um, it's an interesting piece of tech that you could use to record shows Um, and uh, you know I think it'll be interesting seeing what happens when uh, Twitter Spaces becomes released um, I'm afraid I would probably give Clubhouse maybe six months after that happens um, because my suspicion is that everything will go over onto the Twitter platform but, uh, but who knows
0: that's that's a, a very uh, I, I imagine quite a controversial viewpoint uh, based on some of the different uh, rooms I'm in, but also I, you know I think you know looking looking at uh, the the platform. Of Clubhouse, um, yeah, you do have to wonder what uh, what competition might do. Um, John, could uh, you in a position to sort of share your thoughts? Um, f- you know, for the uninitiated, on uh, you know what's interesting and exciting about uh, Clubhouse from your perspective.
2: G'day, Paul. G'day, everyone, and thanks for having me. Uh, I'm sold on Clubhouse. I was on Spaces the other day as well. Um, Stayed for two minutes and went back to my Clubhouse gang. Uh, I've been on here for two months now, maybe a bit more. Um, I was listening in the first week I was on here. I was listening to the actors from Lion King, do a rendition of the whole lot. I sat while I was doing my spreadsheet for our Easter production and listening to The Lion King on my headphones and watching them pull to refresh, change their bio photos to the characters they were portraying. Then, you know, a week later, I um, was watching the, um, gosh, what was it, the rehearsals, not rehearsals, the auditions for Dream Girls. And I thought, this is priceless. Then a guy called Elon Musk gets on here and blows the whole bloody place up. And then the other day, another guy called Zuckerberg or whatever his name is. And that, he blows the other blows it out of the water. I'm listening to Shane Mosley, a seven times world boxing champion, tell me how... And I'm sitting next to him. I got up as a speaker and I'm sitting next to this guy that I have no way of ever connecting or touching. And uh, he's sitting next to me. I'm listening to him telling me how he became a boxing champion. I was in a room today for five hours listening to the Chinese... um, Clubhouse newbies talk about um, the future of China and the world uh, through Alibaba, WeChat, KOLs, which I'm looking at key um, operation leaders, etc. Oh yeah, I'm sold. I'm on this all the time. I've learned so much. I wish I could record it. Unfortunately, you can't, but I know you guys have said you're telling everyone you're recording, so that's okay. I tend to disagree with James. I see it lasting way longer than six months, mate.
0: Well, oh, thank, thank you for, for, for that, John. Um, so, yeah, just sort of delving in, and I know we've got uh, a, a little bit of a live audience here on Clubhouse as well, and we really appreciate you being here. Um, but, of course, the bulk of our uh, audience will be listening in a time-shifted uh, manner. Um, so for those that, that don't know what uh, what Clubhouse is there, um, you know, it's this audio platform. I described it on uh, TV last week as a sort of, and and, and I should preface this with, it's always impossible to describe these new uh, new technologies and, and platforms, um, in in traditional terms. You don't really get a feel for them until you use them. Um, but I said it was sort of a mix of a party, uh, business networking, uh, and um, radio talk show, sort of you know next generation of that. And I know that that doesn't really do it justice at all. Um, but it is a really interesting sort of format, and it does work a little bit like a, a conference room uh, where you end up and you know, looking at my screen now there's five of us on stage, myself Mark, James, Rob and John and then we can see below that uh, those who are connected uh, to the speakers or followed by the speakers and then we see everybody else that's that's in the room and the rooms can vary from a very small room with, with two people in them up to ones with, I think the uh, it seems to top out at between 5 and 7 thousand when Elon Musk uh, was on the other day, it seemed to um, I <laughs> Start blocking, or you know, if somebody uh, tried to get into a room and it was over around five thousand, uh, they seemed to struggle. And I, th- I can't remember what number they got up to with uh, Mark Zuckerberg a-, a few days later. Whether their uh, technology was a-, a little bit more robust, um, but it, it is, uh, it is a fascinating platform, and I'm pretty excited about it. Rob, can we uh, we hand over to you? You've been in the the podcasting uh, world for uh, for a-, a-, a very long time. You've seen all sorts of things uh, come and go. Um, I'm not sure if you were across Blab. That was a platform that uh, seemed to generate a, a somewhat sort of similar uh, um, level of interest in the early days amongst probably a much smaller niche of people, but the sort of excitement for it um, was, was something that was uh, was was pretty large. Um, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think what's really interesting about it is that I... Each time I come in and do something with uh, Clubhouse and I see what's going on, you know, socially around it, it feels a lot like what I felt uh, back when I was at South by Southwest. Um, back in the, the mid-2000s around Twitter and Facebook. And and I see this, this kind of momentum building around something that really taps into people's desires that have really not been adequately tapped into, and that's the, the connections through voice. And, you know, podcasting, um, actually, if I think back to podcasting, there's a lot of similarities around the buzz of even podcasting back then about, you know, authentic voices, people actually coming in and talking about topics that were more uh, real and authentic, kind of like we all know podcasting to be. And and so I see a lot of mapping going on here. And then you combine it with COVID and you combine it that, you know, with the isolation and the fact that uh, many of us are not engaging with people at conferences or at events or anything like that. So you can see a convergence of timing here that is really significant. Um, but I do think that, uh, that this is a unique medium. It's not, uh, I don't feel like it's a replacement for podcasting. I think it's connecting with people at an even simpler level than even, I think, what we saw early on happen with Anchor in the podcasting space of making things really simple and easy. Um, but I think there's a spectrum there. I think if you make things um, super, super easy like this, you attract a different kind of user than or a creator than uh, typically in podcasting. But I think what you're doing here with recording this live is basically combining um, a, a genre of podcasting that has been needing this for, for a while and that's the ability to, to connect at a deeper level with audiences. So I'm, I'm very bullish of Clubhouse and what I'm seeing happen because I feel very strongly that it has a first mover advantage in the market right now uh, Twitter and the Instagram platform with Facebook, and I think that that explains why we saw Mark Zuckerberg show up. Uh, is it? I'm sure that they're going to come out with something very quickly, or somebody's just going to buy up this platform and integrate it in with um, some bigger platform. Now, Twitter is running at this. I spent quite a bit of time with Twitter over the last uh, few days on their Spaces side, learning about that platform too, and that that is quite a bit different than clubhouse in its structure and its format and how it works technologically anybody can start speaking into a room it's not like this where you let people up on stage so uh, it's just quite quite different but I think it is something new it's something uh, a new medium that's going to take hold and it's going to maintain its presence I I think the biggest thing I'm worried about is is it going to take away from people's desire to listen to podcasts
0: yeah, I can imagine that's going to be be a, a, of some concern to those in the in the podcasting um in industry. And look, I you know I think as time goes on, the, you know technology and the world evolves, and you know we find what we want to be doing, and um, you know how much we listen to. For instance, the radio, of course, that that's evolved over the time um, with the likes of Spotify and podcasting uh, really impacting that. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts as a long term podcaster, and um, you know and other, uh, local, a Kiwi. Um, what are your views? So obviously, there's something a little bit different here in New Zealand, where we don't have the same uh, level of sort of, you know, lockdowns and, and social distancing and so on as um, you know many other parts of the world. Certainly, the, the US and the UK. Of course, uh, James and, and John are both in Australia, so they're, um, they're they're in a similar position to us. But there does seem to be a level here of uh, success that Clubhouse has got that you. Might link back um, to the COVID 19 situation?
4: Well, obviously, we did have our lockdown period last year where a lot of people were shifting to doing Zoom meetings or working from home and buying microphones and getting into like sort of home recording and streaming. Um, and figuring out that whole new world. I know a lot of the DJs that I know started doing a lot more Twitch streams and actually doing Twitch streams to fans in different countries and doing crossover streams with other people. So this kind of feels like it could be an evolution of, of that. Um, it was interesting, a lot of the Twitch streams and Facebook Lives, if you didn't move, they would cut you off because they were just kind of like flagged you as being a a music streaming system. So a lot of the DJs and stuff are finding they're getting their streams cut off, whereas whereas Clubhouse is no video, it's audio only, which seems to kind of be a complete different direction than what a lot of other people are going where Places like in the podcasting space, I see like um, Squadcast, they just recently introduced um, high quality video recording to video podcasts. And so there's the whole movement of video casts and people doing video, but now we've got Clubhouse, which is audio only. So I think we're going to be having a bit of a battle to see which is the preferred platform um video obviously takes a lot more bandwidth to consume and to create um but one of the great things with clubhouse is no editing it's just you record it's done there's no post-processing there's nothing to go on with afterwards so that kind of from a production side that's a interesting place as well um it's kind of the, the scenario for the every person. Everyone can create a clubhouse. Not everyone can create a podcast. Now, technically anyone can create a podcast, but there's still more of a barrier.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very fast. It's instant. You can just you know once you're signed up and using the platform, you can just jump in, join a room, and you know very very quickly be chatting uh, with other people, or you know sitting in the audience. But uh, that opportunity to be able to put your hand up and uh, and jump on stage, you know, is very real, particularly in the smaller rooms. There is some of the content that I imagine. Is going to be more likely to be consumed uh, later. So you know, this type of content, we've we've got, um, what well, probably un- under twenty of us in in the room. So um that compared to our podcast audiences the much smaller audience is the uh, live clubhouse audience right now and I would imagine it would be the same from when uh, Elon Musk was uh, on clubhouse the other day I saw people were pulling that stream onto YouTube and other other places and it probably would have been heard you know, by many many more time uh time, you know much larger audience um, after the fact on demand, and so I'm, that's one area I'm I'm wondering whether the future of Clubhouse and possibly these other platforms like uh, Twitter Spaces. Whatever Facebook does, because we know Facebook are very good at sort of, you know, mimicking uh, others and 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 copying with Snapchat or, or whatever, or uh, going out and acquiring the companies. At the moment, we're told that Clubhouse has a valuation of around US one billion dollars. Uh, so, you know, well well within the reaches of, of many firms to be able to acquire it. Um, but from you know James's perspective, that it's maybe only got uh, six months to. Uh, to live i think you know that that is always the um, you know, i guess always the risk with with these things and uh, yeah, whether whether the um, investors and founders uh, feel like sort of, you know, if they were to get an offer at that sort of level, uh, whether they would actually be interested or whether they would want to hold on and, and see whether it becomes much bigger um, would, yeah, I think there'd be, there'd certainly be some sort of debate about that. James, what, what are your thoughts on where, where the platform and the other platforms will go? Do you see the podcasting element being tied in a little bit more formally rather than what we're doing at the moment? And, you know, We've linked up to uh, uh, a separate audio recorder. We're doing that manually. That could be done on the platform, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it could, and I think you know the, there are different skills that you need to produce a great live radio show, as uh, Rob will say, as well as um, as well as a great podcast. You know, a podcast is a is something that you can take your time over, is something that you can post-produce, is something that you can edit. Um, live live radio gives you none of that, and uh, you need a very different skill set, particularly um, to be able to produce a good live audio show Um, and I think what Clubhouse will do is Clubhouse will you know show that there are certain people and certain types of people who work particularly well in terms of live audio um, and some that uh, you know and some that don't some that work better in terms of a rather more post produced you know experience so i think you've you've certainly got that um side on there is clubhouse um going to replace talkback radio um the answer is probably yes you know if you are listening to a radio station um that uh is a talkback station and while you're uh, you know at work or whatever then clubhouse may well be a better experience for that um you know in comparison to perhaps a podcast um where we do see though of course is that um you know the amount of spoken word consumption um is increasing um has increased quite a lot over the last five or six years i think it's it's increased by about 20 percent um and so that means that services like clubhouse and the others that will come um are certainly going to be very interesting for where the future of media is going um, and I would certainly see this as being, you know, something that fits in with what um, podcasting is all about. Something that you could use as a method of recording a podcast as we're doing here now, but also as a method of actually getting more voices, more interaction um, into your individual shows. Um, and that's something that, you know, typically podcasting has found harder um, it's not been impossible, but certainly harder in order to actually, you know, get the voices of you, of your audience in there. But as you so rightly said, uh, Paul, at the beginning of this, you said that, um, you know, the, we have an audience here, but the main audience is going to be the on-demand audience. And I think one of the things that people tend to forget about, you know, certainly about radio, is that the amount of... Uh, concurrent listeners that you have at any one time is actually quite small. Um, You know, and where the real benefit of podcasting comes is that you can start listening to a show whenever you want. Um, And that benefit is the benefit that will drive audiences. And it's also the benefit that will drive uh, money and cash at the end of the day. And there doesn't appear to be necessarily a way that you can monetize a clubhouse room in the same way as you can monetize a podcast.
0: Yeah, I think the monetization area, that was the first bit that sort of caught me is, hold on, there's millions of people joining this platform, but how is it going to be monetized? There's, uh, you know, we we talk about that that comparison to uh, talkback radio, um, yeah, really interesting because it's a little bit like podcast versus the radio. You can find that niche. So I've jumped into you know a couple of rooms that were focused on search engine optimization. I've never come across a radio station that has a uh, a search engine optimization talkback show, uh, and uh, and you know just all these different niches that you can jump into. Uh, yep, some of them are business related, some of them are uh, you know personal, faith based, all sorts of different. Uh, things that people are jumping, uh, are jumping into. So you know that as- that aspect, yeah, I think could be a real uh, you know game changer and and could uh, eventually leave the old talkback radio in the dust. Although I imagine there there is a particular audience that aren't uh, quite so uh, tech savvy who will uh, no no doubt um, you know probably possibly never come across uh, you know Clubhouse themselves. But jumping back onto that monetisation thing um Rob, maybe you could share, or John, have you got some thoughts on on that front? Who wants to jump in? Do do you mind if I step in here? Thanks. Um,
2: So every Sunday Australian time, they have a community um, town hall where all the owners get together with everyone and we just fire questions. I think at the moment there are only still nine staff working on it and their priority right now is monetisation because everyone's asking, how am I going to make money here? From what I've heard... Um, they're really pushing everyone to build a club. Uh, I've got three clubs, and th- what they want you to do is bring people into as many clubs as they can. Their idea is something like this. So I have a club called Social um, Small Business Owners Worldwide, and I'm going to have um, Paul and Rob are my guests today, and they're going to talk about how to run a multi-billion dollar business and then I'm going to charge a dollar, 50 cents I don't know, something like that for you guys to come to my seminar or conference and it's going to last for three hours and then you know, you'll know you be an hour of questions so that's the way they're sort of looking at monetizing it and uh, I think everyone was really happy because straight away everyone's going how can I make money on this platform
0: Rob, have you got any thoughts on, on that front? I know there, there have been quite a few um, monetization sort of methods dis- discussed um, ac- across some of the rooms. Anything that's jumped out to you?
3: Well, it does kind of feel like it maybe is maybe a little premature to be focused on that entirely. I, I understand that the investors want to get a, a return back on their, their money, but I would think that the return is going to be when this platform gets acquired. But... Um, but I also know it's about um, trying to pay people to something for investing so much time. And I know a lot of people have invested a lot of time in this platform so far. I see it all day long because I leave my notifications on. So I'm constantly getting pinged about what's happening over here just because I want to monitor what's happening. And I know that there are people... Spending significant chunks of their lives over here creating content. How, sig-
0: how significant for for those who haven't been on this platform, they might be a little bit surprised. What would be the the longest you've heard of somebody spending on Clubhouse in a in a day?
3: Well, I know I've I've at times been in rooms for almost three hours. Um, so, and I know that some of these rooms go all night long. Um, and there's. There is a history of that, and I know that there are people that are building clubs in here that are um, doing doing a bunch of different rooms on a weekly basis now. Um, now more and more of them are starting to outsource, um, you know, other people to host rooms in their clubs too, which kind of spreads that burden out. But I can definitely see that pressure. Uh, for people to spend time creating content here and then you start looking at you know this platform becoming a, getting a valuation of a billion dollars and people start asking questions you know who's building that you know that valuation it's the it's the creators here it's the content that's being produced here is what the value is and I just wonder if there's going to be uh, if there isn't monetization there's going to be pushback from the community on how in some way for that to be shared with the with the content creator community so I can kind of wondering I'm not I'm not sold on the model of advertising in in this area and I I wanted to mention really quick too that that when I first got pulled into doing a clubhouse session this was a good two months ago um, was was there was like 300 people in the room and I was brought in as like the only speaker in the room and introduced to the community and I just I took Q&A questions about podcasting for two and a half hours. Um, and and it wasn't a podcast. I mean, I think what we're doing right now is not native to Clubhouse. I think what is native to Clubhouse is pulling up people from the audience and creating a conversation, right? And, and so what we're doing here is a little bit outside of, I think, what the core of what the strength is for Clubhouse and what people... Uh, come to Clubhouse to experiences, being able to talk. And this also maps a little bit to what Twitter Spaces is doing. Twitter Spaces is not creating themed rooms. They're creating rooms that are hosted by someone that you know, that um, that everybody can join that room and turn on their microphone and and contribute to the conversation. So I think it depends on what we want to become.
0: I, yeah I, I agree and and my Great. thought was actually because we've got actually some awesome uh, um, listeners joining us at the moment that uh, we might try and uh, pull pull one or two in um, before we finish up so that we can uh, for for the podcast listeners they can get a little bit of a uh, a feel for how that can just happen on on the fly sort of on an unplanned basis
1: I think I, w- I wonder whether or not this uh, platform um, you know there's a lot of talk about how does it impact podcasting I think rather more how does it impact conferences um, because this is a conference this is a conference session that we're having right now this is a conference session on stage um, that people can you know uh, contact me afterwards about and um, and I wonder whether the um, amount of conferences that we've seen in the past, whether they were physical conferences or whether they were paid for virtual conferences, I wonder whether Clubhouse is actually killing that. Uh, that industry more so than it is, um, you know, an alternative to podcasting or, or to radio or, or anything else. And certainly if you're one of those people that really likes being in conference sessions, then this is the ideal app for you. I yes, the fact...
4: Where, we'll, away you go, Mark. I was going to say, if you do the monetization for the club to say, I'm going to pay a dollar fifty to join the session, that's where I kind of also want to see, well, actually, I might not be able to stay for that whole three hours, but I've paid for it. Can I get a download of that session after the fact? So as a consumer, if I'm paying to, for the session, I kind of want to have both that live experience where I could possibly join in as a speaker and contribute, but also I've paid for it. Can I get it to listen to later? So that you've actually got something out of it. Um, but I also kind of, I was just more thinking when you were talking before, I'm not sure if it was either John or something. It's a social network, but then we're saying we want to make money, we want to make money. And it's like, well, if it's a social thing, it's not a business thing. And my mind just kind of like bounces back, forth, back and forth between the listener and the, the consumer the, the consumer and the producer and there's kind of seems to be a bit of a, a dis, disconnect there for me still at the moment
2: yeah
4: look oh, away John away you go
2: yeah going back to the podcast um, Rob would be very happy to know I don't know if Rob you know Cliff Ravenscraft he's been helping me with my podcast and motivated me finally after four years to do the podcast and yeah, Clubhouse Cliff, yeah Yeah, well, Clubhouse has just sealed the deal for me that I'm going to do the podcast now, not to worry that no one's going to listen. In fact, I feel more reassured that more people are going to listen to it. And um, I'm going to be promoting it on here. And in fact, I'm going to occasionally release my podcast on the Monday and schedule a room on Wednesday and say, hey, our guest who is Rob, James, Paul or Mark they're going to be on Clubhouse we'd love you to come in and have a chat after you've heard the podcast and um yeah, let's 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 see what happens. I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to it. I I just just going with um, what Rob said about the time uh, being on Clubhouse. I was in a room that lasted. I wasn't in the. I was in and out of a room that lasted 12 days. Um, I created a room for the under the small business owners worldwide about tell us your small business problem. We lasted six hours and we had. You know, a guy who was a multi-millionaire down to someone who just started. You know, SEO experts. We had live streaming experts. We had accountants come in and really just run through everyone's business. Uh, we could have gone for for another ten hours, and that was pretty incredible. And. Um, some of the information that we got was
0: just priceless. And I find that uh, that aspect, that interactive aspect of Clubhouse, is what makes it different to a, even a traditional, uh, you know, conference. Depending on the, the the size of the room and and other aspects, but certainly very different to listening to a podcast where. You know, you get what has been produced on the podcast, but you don't get to actually, you know, jump in. And I've heard on, you know, various occasions where people have uh, have said to me after listening to a podcast, "Oh, Paul, that was fantastic. It was, it was just like I was in the room there with you." Except of course, that one element was missing, that they couldn't jump into the conversation. But here on Clubhouse, that absolutely uh, can happen. So what I'm wondering is maybe we can um, we can invite one or two people up from the audience um, to maybe give their sort of you know thirty to sixty second um, sort of highlight of uh, you know what they're finding um, about, Clubhouse that is as uh, keeping keeping them on the platform. Um, so I'm I'm going to send a, um, invite a couple of people um, up and uh, let's let's see how how we go there. Um, Meg, let's hear from let's hear from you. Uh, maybe you can give a short intro on uh, what you do and so on.
5: Hi, Paul. Hey, we just met in a room yesterday talking about influence and integrity. (laughs) Um, And I've been on Clubhouse since Christmas Eve. I'm I'm a mom of eight. I'm a podcaster in the faith space. And I came on here and it feels so intimate. You're dropped right into these beautiful conversations. I met John in a room the other day. Rob and I have modded a room together. And I just thought, why don't I start a club? So I started a club called Christian Podcasters Connect, which is pretty niche. And in three weeks, I have like over a thousand uh, members and followers total. And I have like 15 admins that I'm going to have like a Zoom meeting, I'm going to have this whole thing. And actually, Rob and Todd Cochran are going to be one of my industry speakers. So I'm doing industry speaker Sunday and I'm doing um, you know, networking thing on Thursday. So I've got this whole lineup of schedule and it has been an incredible, beautiful, wide open door that I've just been stepping through and I've loved it so much.
0: That's great. Thank you. Um, Now, we've also in the audience, um, you know, a a few others um, that we'd like, it would be good to hear from. So um, maybe Tanner, Roman, um, Billy, Momita, maybe um, any any one of you'd like to uh, come come up on stage, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Roman, let's start with uh, you next.
4: So Tanner, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about uh, your views on
6: Clubhouse? Sure. Happy to. Uh, My name is Tanner. I own a brick and mortar studio in Maine. I've been in the podcasting space for just shy of 11 years now. Uh, And I make my living helping podcasters monetize. So it's interesting that you guys are talking about monetization. On this platform, I have myself experienced a surge in some of the products that I sell and services that I offer to the tune of just about $50,000 in January alone. So, I don't think that the way the pl- platform is monetized for someone like me uh, is necessarily through the platform doing anything in particular. Uh, it's really just been a great tool for me to establish further authority in my space and reach more people, help more people, and of course, that has come back to me in a big way.
0: Well, wow, that's uh, that's pretty 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 awesome um, to have that that sort of. Uh... Revenue coming in, and I guess there's, there's, you know, there's two, or well, there's a number of aspects to it from a monetization perspective. is you know, how does it impact the uh, the general uh, user of the platform? Um, you know, how will Clubhouse themselves make money, and then those that are uh, really trying to to build some sort of business here on top of the platform, um, how does that play out? So, um, Roman, what are your thoughts? What would you like to share?
7: Yes. So I am the host of the Digital Savage Experience podcast. I co-mod and run a bunch of rooms every day. But I mean, it's been a very interesting experience. And I think obviously it's in, in invite only and iOS only still. So the floodgates haven't opened. So I think it's a great time to find your tribe, start a following, start a community. You know, I'm still waiting for a club, but when that happens, that should be interesting. And from a podcaster's perspective, when you look at your analytics, you see, you know, subscribers and, you know, downloads and plays. When I'm on Clubhouse, I've had people reach out and actually interact with me and engage with me about their favorite episodes or that they listen or they appreciate. And having those one-on-one conversations with them adds another level of kind of intimacy in terms of, the the whole podcast space and adds a whole nother element in po- uh, clubhouse being uh, audio it's it's a great complement audio to audio in terms of a podcast as
8: well
0: yeah, I love, I love that. And I've been, yeah, curious around whilst we might not, um, well, we have to see how the platform develops, but I don't imagine every episode would uh, would be like this where we're necessarily uh, going to be doing it live on Clubhouse and with people coming into the room, we might do some like this. But for those that are maybe more normal episodes that are also live streaming to YouTube or LinkedIn and uh, you know Facebook and, and so on, I can imagine there could be some... Uh, Benefit and having a you know a window before we go live or even after we go live, are um, you know, different purposes there, of course, um, but to interact with um, with with the podcast uh, listeners and uh, and viewers. So yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of interesting ways in which the this type of technology uh, may evolve, and we we are still very very much um, early early days. Um, James, do you want to maybe uh, just, you know, wrap up, um, you know, your your thoughts on um, on where where you feel this type of uh, thing will uh, will end up, whether it's with uh, Clubhouse or, as you've already sort of revealed, your thoughts are that it uh, uh, it probably won't be Clubhouse that's uh, that's dominating this uh, this space when we when we look ahead six months. Um, yeah, if you you put your futurist hat on, where do, where do you think we'll be? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, you know, I think from my point of view, you you see what works and what doesn't is based on scale. And uh, yes, Clubhouse has a very, you know, interesting early adopter usage, but Twitter is clearly a much larger platform. And I think it's going to be difficult for Clubhouse to um, fight against Twitter, assuming that Twitter launches spaces relatively quickly um if twitter uh, again twitter spaces is ios only um, so it isn't available to 80 percent of the world um uh, just the same as clubhouses uh, so uh, partially it's who's going to be first on that um on the android platform um and also who's going to be the first to properly launch um instead of you know hiding behind invites and stuff like that So that's going to be really interesting in seeing. I I haven't got a downer on Clubhouse at all. I think it's quite an interesting thing, and I've sort of dipped in, in and out of it. You know, the one thing that I would, you know, say, um, as I'm sure that uh, you, Paul, would also agree with, is that uh, sometimes the time zones that we have um, in this part of the world aren't necessarily as useful um, to a live product such as uh, Clubhouse Um, you know anyway so we've got that um, you know so you've got the issue of um, the fact that a live uh, product doesn't necessarily work across the world too well Um, but I think you know in terms of um, a useful tool um, particularly to replace Um, you know, to replace a Zoom webinar or something like that uh, and make something which is much more drop-in, which is much more informal, uh, I think that this product has got a good, you know, an exciting future for it. Um, I just worry that with the scale and particularly with the verified users bit that twitter already has i wonder you know what twitter jumping into this area will uh, do to the clubhouse you know experience but uh, you know always always interested to find out what the future will bring and um, and always uh, open to changing my mind <laughs> in a couple of months who knows
0: great thanks james um rob did you have anything else you'd like to um add before we wrap up
3: yeah, I wanted to just raise the topic. One thing we haven't really talked about is uh, the content in Clubhouse and how how what it appears to be is quite different than where you see uh, podcasting is today, and even talk radio, like we've talked about. Um, the The topics range in in areas that sometimes I don't even want to go into the room. So there's there's things that are being talked about on this platform, um, that really push the envelope of free, you know, free speech. Um, so that's, that's where we're getting into this gray area of recording and, and is it going to change the very nature of, um, Clubhouse or any of these platforms if the, the visitors or the contributors know that things are being recorded and, um, so, you know, in some of the rooms that I've been, have been so interesting, so fascinating as well um, in the topics that they've had, you know, that uh, you just don't hear conversations in some of the areas that you see happen on this platform.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really... Um... Going to be an interesting dilemma to a degree as things grow, and of course, you you certainly can't guarantee that people aren't recording. Uh, and look, you know, it's an environment that you could compare to, uh, you know, I guess a bar and you know any other sort of social uh, setting where um, uh, people have some really you know, open, frank discussions about what they um, you know what they think, what's on their mind, what their opinions are. And, yeah, sometimes those things, um, you know, really aren't designed to be, you know, broadcast any further. And there, there could be some, yeah, some interesting consequences to that and you know, I'm sure it's it's a it's a challenge and I think it has already been talked about by you know by the founders is the importance of uh, moderating social media uh, platforms and and that's you know, probably a really really hard one uh, for them to figure out and um, yeah how do you how do you draw those uh, those lines? Not not an easy one. Um, Mark, what are your final thoughts that you'd like to share?
4: One of my final thoughts would be that um, I've seen a few conversations where they've actually been talking talking about Twitter spaces and whether Facebook will come in and do their own kind of thing, but a lot of people have been saying that one of the best things about Clubhouse is that it's independent, that it's not tied to any of the other big social networks, and that could be its surviving feature. So it it may make it more of a challenge to survive with... um, The the financial backing and the the infrastructure backing of Twitter or Facebook or Google, if they decide to come in with yet another messaging application for six months. Um, But being independent is probably going to be its strong point for people sticking to the platform, I think.
0: Yes, that that is an interesting point. There's there's a lot of baggage that goes with every social media platform, isn't there? And uh, you know, reasons why we why we don't like Twitter the way we used to in the early days. Uh, you know, reasons why we don't like Facebook. Re- reasons uh, you know, I'm sure people have why they don't like LinkedIn. That's sort of been my my um, you know more go-to platform and. In recent times, and yeah, the pure focus of the platform on you know, just just audio—that it doesn't do all these other things—and I've, you know, I've heard people saying, "Oh, it's great that it, you know, doesn't have any form of messaging that uh, that that's you know completely not included," although there is there does seem to be this default go-to because you can link your uh, Twitter account and your Instagram uh, account to Clubhouse and. Instagram seems to be the default uh, messaging uh, platform there. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a curious thought. It does certainly seem as though they have the. Um, the funding that they need, and they've raised, uh, I believe, you know, 100 million uh, plus to date. So that probably means it's going to be around for some time. Although I have no idea what it costs them to host. When uh, recently, I think they mentioned that they'd had 2 million users uh, in uh, on a given uh, weekend. So th- that's got to be a, a reasonably substantial uh, uh, challenge. But uh, when the platform's worth worth a billion, I uh, I, th- I think they'll be all right for funds for uh, for some time to come. Um, John over to to you for your uh, wrap up today i just want to second what mark
2: said i've heard a lot of people on the platform say we love the fact that no one else owns this that it's an independent small little nine man operation and there's millions of us on here and we've got free reign we don't have to listen to the Zuckerbergs and the Twitters and that and totally enjoying their freedom from all the other platforms um, for me I, I absolutely love the platform I've been fortunate enough already to monetize it through my my business, my wholesale retail bricks and mortar business without even trying people go onto my Instagram and have a look at what I do and start buying the product um, and they all say oh we saw you on uh, in a clubhouse room and we love what you said and we want to buy this gift box. So for me, it's great. Um, the other thing too is I've also had the first ever clubhouse in real life meetup the Two a young, uh, young couple who are on clubhouse. Uh, she teaches women how to speak and another guy, Pace, he's big on TikTok. They came into the store to meet me and my wife and we had coffee together and talked about a whole lot of different things for a couple of hours and then two days later uh, another couple came um, who said they wanted to meet us and just connect so yeah we're taking clubhouse into real life too so i love the app and i think it's got uh, a, a lot of legs on it can't wait to see what happens when everyone gets on board That kind of
4: feels like that kind of grassroots feeling that Swarm or Foursquare had when it came out. People would be coming to the mayors and going into stores and having a lot more real-world interaction based on an application.
2: Mark, I did that on Periscope uh, and Meerkat when that first came out. Um, I'm big on live streaming five, six years ago. Um, I had close to 100 people over the period come and visit our retail store because they saw me on live streaming.
0: Yeah, there's there's um, some curious things there that you know I, I guess um, are certainly um, likely at the back of a few minds and 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 maybe uh, for for James too. Of course, you know Meerkat was this incredible uh, you know video streaming platform that came along linked to Twitter. Um, then Twitter launched their own competition and periscope and crushed it and actually periscope itself is uh, um, is sort of shutting down although I think that they're, they're pulling that streaming element just directly into uh, into Twitter there was blab that had a uh, you know a whole lot of uh, buzz around it but didn't manage to get the monetization uh, piece right even though that you know, they had some very very committed uh, users that spent a lot of uh, time on there and, and hence why I take that interest in the the monetization side and yeah yeah, there's there's the aspect of of every new platform has has a particular sort of feel when it's young and it's new but how it develops over time uh, sometimes can can get out of hand um, so yeah a lot lots more to uh to explore um, i want to thank everybody uh for joining us in the room and we are going to uh you know probably stick around for for a little bit longer after we uh, stop recording but for those that are that are listening in um, i would certainly encourage you if you have a way of um, uh, of you know getting involved trying out clubhouse this is you know something when i put my futurist hat on uh, i say that look everybody should be a futurist we should all be thinking ahead and getting a picture of what the future holds because it impacts our our lives and the more tapped in we are to where uh, technology uh, and and digital things are taking us, the more we can take advantage of those things. And so, um, yeah, well well worth getting involved and uh, and getting a feel for new technologies. And uh, Clubhouse is certainly the uh, um, the the new thing of of the moment. So if you've got a way of, of joining up, then do so. Um, if you are wondering how to get an invite, uh, then you are welcome to um, to fill out. We'll put a form up at. Any Ztechpodcast.com slash clubhouse, um, and if you would like to get an invite, then just fill that out with your details. Include a mobile number, which is uh, part of what's required in order to get onto the platform. And uh, depending on numbers and and whatnot, we will we'll see if we can get some of you uh, a few uh, invites. So no uh, no guarantees on uh, on how many, but uh, we'll we'll certainly see what we can do on on that front. Um, so. But yeah, thank you everybody for uh, for joining us here uh, just a, a reminder uh, you can find our website online nztechpodcast.com and our other uh, podcasts can be found at worldpodcast.com for our international shows such as the EV podcast the mobile tech podcast um, and the, our New Zealand shows across at uh, podcasts.nz so uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. All right, that's the end of the <laughs> recording. Um, does anybody else uh, have anything they want to share and uh, jump in? We may leave the recording running for a little bit, just a little bit longer in case there's some uh, some super good nuggets that we think should be edited back into the uh, the main show. Um, but I understand for some of you, um, I know it's late. So uh, Rob, for instance, thank you for for joining us. What time is it where you are?
3: Uh, it's about eleven o'clock.
0: OK, so, Th- yeah, um, thank you. There were a few others that could... Oh, well, well um, Cliff Ravenscraft couldn't make it because he was going to be sleeping, and
1: uh, uh, Michael Stelzner was, uh, I think, oh, going to be having, I'm having I'm dinner with of- his family. I'm speaking at Podfest in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, it'll be half past two in the morning. So, so I'm going to be I'm going to be awake and alive. <laughs> yeah, you've done
6: that a lot, James. I know. Over
3: the, oh yes, over the years, So, right.
0: But it's different than
1: flying, yeah. right?
0: Is it? Is it? It's it's got to you know it's got to be easier. You don't get it's not quite the same um, on one side, but uh, you just get up, do your thing, and um, you don't you don't have to be uh, uh,
1: getting yeah, completely. Is, yeah, there is that. But at least, yeah. you know, but you miss out on. You miss out on uh, you know, bumping into people in uh, you know in the corridors, which of course is a thing.
4: Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, why you tell uh, them to join Clubhouse. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: the yeah. new uh, corridors. People in the in the clubhouse hallway. Yeah, yeah
1: indeed.
3: <laughs> so I wanted John. to mention something else no. about uh, about. Twitter spaces that I noticed when hmm. I was on the platform the, the, the other day, um, is that they have in the uh, settings area of your experience there, they have a default setting to transcription. Yeah. Um, and from what I've heard, they've been playing around with uh, closed captioning uh, inside of the Twitter spaces. Um, uh, sessions. Mm. Now, I didn't see it active when I was in there just a couple days ago, and my setting was clicked, you know, checked on. Uh, so it raises the question, and I wonder if it's happening here over on Clubhouse, is that um, the platform is recording all these things, uh, just so for, um, for their own access, so if something happens here um, that causes a problem that they have a record of it. And I would imagine that Twitter is probably doing the same thing.
4: I suspect for legal reasons they will have to have a recording so that if they get a court order that they can pull out all of uh, Paul's messages and recordings and then probably do like message analysis and see whether he's talking about explosive devices.
1: I wouldn't be surprised
4: if that's all there.
1: I think that there is also an accessibility issue, um, and you know it. It is interesting oh, yeah. that on the on the uh, on on my Android phone, it has a live captioning uh, service which works on the entire system. So it works on any podcast app. It would work on Clubhouse when Clubhouse is launched. There, you know, it works absolutely everywhere. Um, that's a really useful thing, um, and perhaps the reason why Twitter is spending some time making sure that it works on their platform on iOS is that iOS actually lacks that. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll it, you know, interesting to see, and one would assume that they are at least keeping the, the transcriptions, if not the audio as well.
4: It's interesting because a, a coworker of mine, um, he's a, a deaf software developer and one of his open source projects is uh, I think it's videomail.com or something. It's a, a video messaging application designed for deaf people to do sign language. And so that's where something I was thinking like a lot of the new video conferencing stuff where Zoom chats with video are actually helpful to the deaf community, whereas Clubhouse being audio only is kind of a little bit restrictive in that area. So unless they introduce some some way of doing um, text-to-speech for them to speak and then having speech-to-text coming back out, that...
0: Yeah, that would that would certainly make some sense. The other we we didn't delve into earlier was the um, privacy and cyber security aspects. And I, I raised this maybe a week or, or two back that I'd seen uh, there was a, some you know some jobs at Clubhouse that were advertised online for uh, for developers, and they seem to mention you know everything except for um, a requirement for their devs to have um, security expertise, which i thought was uh, was interesting in in light of of challenges that uh, uh, a lot of others have sort of you know have have had and um, you know of course we heard recently about uh um well parlor got kind of you know kicked off wherever it was, but um uh, not not before somebody managed to uh, break in and uh, uh, and and take all of the data that was, that was that was there um so I hope that's getting the respect it it deserves uh yeah the um the, those security aspects, but I haven't heard yeah. too much on that front just yet
4: the way I heard it they didn't exactly break I, I, indeed yeah, <laughs> yeah fair, point yeah, that, fair
1: point yeah, it was left <laughs> no, wide open. You, if you store if you store everything um, with an incrementing ID number in your database, then frankly, then frankly, that you're just making it easy for everybody to find it, to find everything. So uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Mamita, did you want to uh, jump in and and share some thoughts? We haven't heard from you yet.
9: Yes, thank you, Paul. I was at work. I couldn't speak earlier. I thought when you later on opened up the floor again, I thought I'd quickly jump in and say, if you pull to refresh, I have just changed my display profile to what Twitter spaces looks like. I had a glimpse of it the other day. Uh, Three things that stood out for me is it mutes speakers by default when uh, we jump onto the space or the speaking space and it shows the speakers more clearly. It clearly marks who the speaker is and who a listener is. And interestingly, it has emoji reactions for all. So, you know, sometimes we are back in the audience, like something, want to contribute, just show support, but can't. But through, in Twitter spaces, we can do that through emojis, even from the audience section. So I thought I quickly jumped in and shared that.
4: That's cool because that whole kind of tap the microphone thing feels really clunky and like a, a good social kind of thing that's been created, but it needs to be a feature that people in the audience can just go thumbs up, thumbs up, like, like, yeah. like, send that $5 super chat. That's one thing
2: uh, Clubhouse are working on because everyone's saying we, we want to stop tapping the bloody mic.
9: And also contribute from the audience, Sh- show support from the audience.
3: Yeah, and in Twitter Spaces, uh, everybody's in the same um, grouping. Uh, where on Clubhouse, there's different um, segments of groups. There's people, as we know, that you know are follow you know are following, or the people on stage have a linkage to that creates like different levels of participation. And Twitter Spaces doesn't have any of that. When, when you join it, everybody can turn on their mic if they want.
1: Yeah, I I saw that, and uh, when I saw the the Twitter Spaces over the weekend, the um, the owner of the room was giving the microphone to people, um, so there were some people who couldn't talk, um, and uh, you know I I wasn't given the mic, but a friend of mine was, so that he could oh, actually okay. talk. Okay. So yeah, and okay, they that,
3: and they talk, That experience. So,
1: ah yeah. right, yeah, and they talked very much around. You've been given the mic, and you can get the mic taken off you as well. Um, and so, uh, the other thing, which I thought was interesting, is when you are given the mic, um, there seems to be a two-second delay um, if you're just a listener, and if you're given the mic, then there's this sort of um, there's this sort of uh, gap, um, and I guess there's some technical reason. Why that is, but I, I wonder whether or not they're actually, you know, again coming from the the old talk radio space. I wonder whether they're um, using a delay uh, system there or some form of muting, so that if you're just listening to a uh, conversation going on and somebody says something that they shouldn't have done, um, then you uh, then the owner can just hit the hit the hit the dump button and nobody hears that bit. That, that would be interesting particularly from a, a legal issue because you know what what would happen if i was to libel somebody or if i was to go against the terms of an nda or what or, or whatever it is um, who's who's liable there well, the
9: that would day- mean a lot oh. more coordination from the moderator the head moderator a lot more to look at
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I guess yeah. that's going to be one of the challenges, isn't it? Getting that right balance from a, a simplicity perspective, which Clubhouse has at the moment, with all of the many, many layers of things that could be added on. And that's where I'm kind of you know, somewhat curious where, where we will be in six months' time. How, yeah, how close the... is it going to look to what we've got now? The worry
1: with the simplicity stuff, though, Paul, is that um, it means that anybody can do anything in any room. And uh, there are all kinds of hugely unpleasant rooms here.
4: Um, Yeah, the other uh, day I was in a room with Tony and suddenly a bunch of guys just kind of crashed in and were just spouting out racial slurs. Just instantly they got a microphone. So having a bit of a two-second delay could be kind of handy for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's certainly it's certainly a good use case. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that um, yeah that sort of scenario will be will be addressed reasonably easily. You know, you can report people for trolling, but um, yeah. that that capability is really hard to actually get it get it right without it being able to be abused as well. I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, indeed. Yeah.
4: And before yeah, Tony and Meg say anything, I just want to remind people that we are still recording. I think Paul's still recording currently.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we will leave the recording running for a little bit longer. So, just a heads up: if you do want to speak, then um, you need to uh, accept that. Otherwise, um, yeah, you don't, certainly don't don't uh, need to. Um, we may or may not edit this sort of post, any of this post show, um, but back into the main podcast, we'll see how that plays out in terms of um, length and and so on. Um, but of, often, I've found when uh, doing a podcast, the um, the best bits of the podcast will Come post podcast or pre podcast when the recording button isn't running. So uh, I just thought we might just leave it running, and uh, and and maybe we'll uh, we'll be tempted to uh, to pull something through into the um, the the show for the podcast audience. Um, Meg, did you want to jump in? I I was in a, a room. Um, you were in yesterday, I think, and um, you were, were calling out a, a troll, as I recall. So um, yeah, what, what are your um, experiences on, uh, on that side of things and how, how do you think the, uh, the moderation uh, capability is uh, and uh, the, the marking of, uh, of trolls on the platform?
10: Hey, Paul, nice to see you. Uh, This is a really interesting topic. John was in the room last night as well when we had that guy come in, and I had just been fortunate or unfortunate enough to see him in action in a couple of other rooms. So he had crashed a room that I was in, and I just, in an attempt to... um, help manage the situation I did try a back channel to talk to the moderators which obviously not everybody's paying attention to their Instagram channel while they're talking which I completely understand and so I did just step in and say hey thanks mate we've heard this quite a number of times and it doesn't sound like a like the direction the conversation is going and I think that's a responsibility that any of us in these clubhouse rooms have to help the conversation go well. If we know there's somebody in there who is causing trouble, it is a little bit awkward to speak up. That's that's not my first preference to call somebody out. But knowing what I did about how he had monopolised and behaved in those other situations, um, I thought it was fitting to redirect the conversation back to the moderator and then was able to have that conversation with the moderator in Instagram DMs once he saw that. But it is awkward. Um, but I I saw a situation early on in my time here in podcast where, uh, sorry, not in podcast, in Clubhouse, where somebody was... Uh, being spoken badly to and nobody said anything and it's that classic bystander effect and it happens even here on Clubhouse and so I just made a commitment to myself really early on that I was going to speak up if I heard something or felt like something was moving in a direction that was not going to benefit the room. That is awkward, and sometimes you have to actually say right here in the room to the moderator, hi, I'm stepping in because of some things that I've seen in the background. Could you check your Instagram messages, and I'll fill you in um, if if they're not paying attention. But it's definitely tricky, and I'm really intrigued to see how Clubhouse deal with this long term. I'm done.
0: Tony, did you want to uh, jump in and, and share something?
10: Uh, I, I
8: can't kind of hopefully get to the right context, but um, in the, for the vein of what Meg was just saying, we had someone join a room uh, and it was, was it a discussion about how, how you're going moderating. Was it, I just had a call as I came into the room and it, I missed half of the conversation.
0: Oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking about sort of, you know, general general views around, you know, Clubhouse as a platform, and then, uh, yeah, we were delving into, yeah, how do you how do you deal with, um, you know, moderation type challenges and uh, and those that maybe, you know, troll in a in a room.
8: Yeah, so we had this troll arrive in the stream last night. It was one of those rooms where you just everyone's being nice to each other and having positive kind of conversation and then someone came in and just wanted to just ar- argue and, and be really negative and their profile was linked to someone else's Instagram profile, not even their own and it was kind of surreal and you just kind of had to um, get back on topic and they just wanted it out of the room out of boredom I think.
0: Yeah it's rather good when those people just go away on their um on their own um but yeah hopefully you you do get a chance to uh tap on their profile and report them for trolling first so that uh um, they might get uh, removed from the platform or get some sort of warning so that they um, behave in future. Um, with linking up of social media profiles, Twitter and Instagram, you do act, you know you have to be uh, you actually have to connect your accounts. So if it was showing a different uh, profile, then um, yeah, who, who well who knows whether they made made fake profiles on uh, on both platforms or, or not.
8: Yeah, it was really weird. Like, the guy was obviously an American and there was a French profile and it didn't even look quite like the guy. So it was just a bit, (laughs) yeah, suspicious all round.
0: Classic trolling situation by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's trolling on one side and, you know, those entire rooms which are talking about stuff which, you know... um, which uh, probably shouldn't be talked about. So and 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 I'm, I'm I'm more concerned about those rooms, about um, you know clubhouse parts of clubhouse turning into the sorts of places where you know nobody should really go. Um, and I guess you know it'll be interesting seeing how all of the platforms. Manage that sort of thing. Uh, clearly, it's an issue for Facebook. Um, it's an issue for um, you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of services. So, uh, you know, just sort of interesting seeing what happens there. You know, in terms of this.
3: Well, they add to that, that there is some discussion in the EU of, of pulling back on and and. In requiring the, the uh, content platforms to be responsible for the content that's pushed out there, um, and so that that may change the current laws that, that exist here in the U.S. Ultimately, it, as we saw over the last month or so with what happened with some of the takedowns that happened on all these platforms, you can kind of see where um, there there is maybe a move towards um, platforms being more responsible for the content.
10: This is Meg. I've got an interesting thought on this, and uh, I'm interested to get other people's opinion and feedback. When it comes to censoring groups that exist, obviously, where there is hate speech, where there's discrimination, things like that happening, we do need to have some sort of plan and some sort of management. But I've noticed an interesting thing on Instagram in the circles that I'm connected with in my industry. Because I speak on sexuality and relationships in an educational way and in a way that benefits the health of people, but there is a lot of shadow banning happening on Instagram. There's a lot of censoring happening in those spaces and educators who are doing wonderful work are being shut down. And so this whole issue of censorship is really a tricky one because... You can't just say, "Well, that one topic there." So, if anybody who talks about sex is, that's going to be a negative room because often there's a lot of great education happening in those spaces, but it can go south and it can can be not beneficial um, as well. So, it's really, a, I'm interested to know what you think on on how that will be managed. I'm done.
0: Thanks, Meg. Yeah, I mean the, the whole where do you draw the lines on on free speech and you know, how uh, how do you how do you control it and comply with um, you know legal matters which of course vary from one country uh, to another and, you know how do you just create what is um, you know an awesome and a, and a safe space for uh, for people to be in um, you know I don't think there will ever be a, a perfect answer to a lot of these things and um, yeah that's part of the, part of the challenge certainly that we've seen uh, with Facebook and uh, you know certainly here in, in New Zealand where we had the um, you know the the, the terrorist uh, shooting Um you know, there there was just so much sort of pushback on the social media uh, platforms for them to take responsibility, but uh, you know, actually quite hard to to draw those lines. And uh, you know, artificial intelligence is still developing, so the idea of hey, we'll just hand all of this over uh, to a machine to figure it out is uh, is somewhat easier said than done, I think. Anybody else got any other other comments? We might uh, we might wrap this up um, in the next few minutes if there's if there's nothing else to to cover. Or is is there anyone in the audience that wants to jump in? Oh, James, I see you.
1: have Unmiked. We haven't heard from Brandon yet. Yeah, Brandon.
11: Yep. So I I just was jumping in because I heard in uh, a town hall follow up room, so I didn't hear the actual discussion. But it sounds like Clubhouse is built on top of the Agora.io API. Which is the same one that Talkspace uses for their uh, for their voice communications, and it handles the chat. You know, it sends the message about who's talking, and it does things like that. But it doesn't it doesn't really offer any moderation tools. And this was I jumped up when we had when we were talking about moderation, and the moderation is handled by signaling. Anytime you have a VoIP system you've got two kinds of streams you've got your you've got your media stream which is the actual voice communication and then you have your signaling as well which are you on mute are you a speaker are you just a listener things like that and uh, when clubhouse did try to address something in their signaling they made it possible for people to become ghosts in rooms and that was a really bad troll situation a couple weeks ago where people could be in a room be a speaker but be hidden from everybody in the room. And so the in this specific app, they kind of have a bad history in... Uh, they have a bad history in being able to provide moderation tools and not just moderation, signaling tools, uh, which moderation would have to be because they would have to send a signal back to their API to stop somebody from talking or all of those things. Um, but what I'm seeing is all of the features that I've heard that they have on the roadmap that have to do specifically with the way that you speak and not necessarily monetization are all features that are available on the Agora platform on their API. And so I don't know that they are building new voice features it is even though everyone's clamoring for better moderation and better features. I, I don't think it's cool that they're only nine people and they're doing their own thing, but they, I just don't think they have the expertise to be able to build out that kind of system right now that's really interesting
1: brandon and uh you know if if this platform is worth a billion dollars but they haven't actually built any of the voice stuff that <laughs> does tell you something about uh about uh, how these uh, organizations get valued i guess it's also worth
0: pointing out that the likes of uh, Uber, for instance, they're, they're built on top of everybody else's technologies, right? You know, um, Google Maps. They they don't, you know, they, they've got a, you know, text messaging, a voice, and all that sort of stuff. But it, it just it leverages off, um, you know, the existing experts in that space. So, you know, I wouldn't, you know, personally say that's an issue. I did see we were talking about cybersecurity earlier. I did see something raised about um, Agora being a a Chinese company. They look to be sort of dual homed between. Um, San Francisco and China, but there were some concerns around if the data is being held on servers in China. What might that mean for um, you know some conversations if government decides they want to look at that? Um, I'm maybe not so concerned about that because generally most rooms you can just wander into. Um, but I guess if if they're collecting huge amounts of conversations and uh, pushing them off in one direction or another, that that might be less than beneficial. Um, any other comments?
4: So I don't know much about this Agora API. Is, is it an open source framework library or, or what?
11: So I did see a GitHub project that was called Agora that had to do with voice. But agora.io is actually a paid API product. They stand up the servers, they stand up everything. And you, you just do, and it looked really simple from the quick tutorial that I looked at to be able to just to do a WebRTC session to connect into them. Um, it, that said, I would hope that with all the BC money and the valuation that they have, that they have people saying, okay, maybe we'll build our own thing on the back end. Cause that's, it's gotta be the thing that costs them the most amount of money just off the sheer volume of talk. Cause they also record all of the, all of these rooms for 24 hours was the last thing I heard. So that when somebody report reports a troll or an incident, they can go back and review what actually happened
1: and apparently it costs them a dollar per 1000 minutes so it costs clubhouse a dollar per 1000 minutes um and it pays agora um for that so uh, wow that must be quite a lot of money (laughs) currently going into agora and agora ipo'd um only a couple of weeks ago so um maybe that's a thing to uh Maybe that's the thing too. No, sorry, I, Agora ipo would in July of, of 2020, but has had a tremendous increase over the last
4: couple of weeks. Because so obviously- So what you're is, will know, we invest in Agora, not in Clubhouse?
1: Well, I mean, that probably, makes, uh, that probably makes quite a lot of sense. Clubhouse apparently was built on the Agora platform within one week. So there's a thing.
4: As an example application? Yeah, <laughs> no. this is probably where we go into our programming podcast.
3: Yeah, my mind goes to—I think that the time is ticking on this platform to to get more funding or to get get acquired for a lot of these reasons right here that we're talking about.
4: I guess that will be the key thing to see what Twitter Spaces is built on, whether that uses Twitter's proprietary technology and their own internal networks as opposed to Agora or something. And I think that will probably be one of the key definers as to who actually survives, possibly. I'm not so sure, you know,
0: I, I tend to think that you know, general users of a platform, it's going to be driven by the users, by the content, um, you know, often those things that when you delve in technically and you think, hey, this is really important, like the cybersecurity uh, aspects, um, the winner isn't necessarily the one that... That has the best technology, is the most secure, all of those bits and pieces. It really comes down to what people like and and you know what platforms they jump on board with, and if the groundswell is uh, is here on Clubhouse. And there, this you know, continue to be seen over time as the place uh, to be. If this is where um, the Elon Musk's and you know all of the other um, you know types of 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 folks that really attract attention to a platform, if people keep coming here and they don't go onto those other platforms, then um, you know it it may really not matter. But uh, I mean, just 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 a thought there, John. It looked like you were going to jump in.
2: Yeah, as you know, April the 1st, uh, Periscope's um, stopping, and that's another reason why Twitter are shutting that down. They want to put more resources into uh, spaces, because Kevin, who was running to our Periscope, is really going doubling down on, on
4: spaces. Yeah, from my perspective, from the software development side, I'd m- more be thinking that with Agora being a closed API, that they can't evolve. That may at some point limit Clubhouse into what features they can implement or scale or adapt or change to what the requirements actually are. Whereas if Twitter are working with writing the whole stack, they've got that freedom to change the whole stack as they see fit. They're not kind of time limited or at the whim of
0: Agora, they've certainly got an influence though as a customer and a and a well-funded customer. Uh, at that, I don't know what they're spending a day with them, but you know, just imagine they were they were spending a you know a million or more uh, a week. Then you imagine you've got a little bit of influence over um you know who who you're buying that from, and uh, you know Agora obviously got that expertise working uh, with voice. So you know they may be able to apply 50 developers to it uh, tomorrow. Should there be uh, the funding available from uh, you know from their customer? And, and Clubhouse
1: yeah and and on the other side you know it may well be that um, Clubhouse has used Agora initially to get there to, to get up and running but they're actually building the, the, their own under the hood and certainly that will be the bright thing to end up doing I mean I remember I remember when uh, Player FM which is a podcast app. When that started, it was using a product called Superfeeder to read all the RSS feeds. So it didn't bother building. um, It focused on the app. They didn't bother building a system to poll people's RSS feeds and, and all of that stuff. They just used a company called Superfeeder to end up doing that. And then once they'd got the app to a certain place where they were happy with it, then they focused on building the other stuff as well. Um, and that could well be happening here, you know, so um, you, you you could certainly see, you, you know, in the same way that Google for a long time used uh, XMPP, the open platform for their chat and then switched to their own uh, service so that they didn't, um, you know, have to deal with some of the vagaries of XMPP.
4: So, um, that was well-written spec that we came up with
1: and
0: um tesla another another example as a tesla fan.
4: XMPP, it was it was a very it's
1: uh, my uh, pr- pr- my younger brother is uh, is on the uh, is on the xmpp council i believe i used to be on
4: the the, the council years ago for for a while we're getting very, we're getting very
1: geeky here aren't we, um, aren't we uh,
0: uh, t- Tesla Tesla was another one that took that sort of approach uh, you know they used mobile eye technology initially for their um, you know safety and sort of semi-autonomous type tech until they built built their own in-house so you know, it's um, there are plenty of, yeah. plenty of examples there are plenty of possibilities on uh, on how things might um, might play out
1: yeah and it's a great way forward you know to actually just amass there are so many building blocks out there and to actually be able to amass you know uh, i mean i was using uh, chartable to do my own podcast stats as one uh, as one you know sort of side note now i do those myself because i actually had the time and the inclination to actually write the um, the podcast stat work so, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with using somebody else's tools to get up and running and then moving on from that, you know, build your own stuff when you've got the time and, and the funding and, and the manpower to actually, you know, end up doing that. Sorry, the, 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 um, the resources, I don't mean to say manpower, the resources uh, to end up doing that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, it's an, it's an important thing, I
11: think. Now that's we, a great idea to have in concept, but we do. I think it's important to remember that one of the co-founders was also the guy who did the tried it feature on Pinterest and forgot to tie it into their systems that check for pornography. And so at, at one point, I remember reading a story saying that a large percentage of images uploaded every day were pornographic in nature, and they were using the tried it feature to do that. So there's not a... I mean, it, it, you saying that is like, yes, that's exactly what they should do. But these founders don't necessarily have the track history between highlights and all the other things to do that yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, let, let's hope they get, they're getting uh, things more right than they are wrong. Um, we've got uh, Jacqueline Jane in the room. Um, could you maybe in, introduce yourself and share some thoughts? I see cyber security uh, mentioned in your profile, so keen keen to hear um, your your opinions on uh, how Clubhouse might be uh, tracking on that front.
12: Thank you very much, Paul, and hello from over the over the ocean, coming to you from uh, Adelaide in Australia. Uh, yes, cyber security is my world. It's what I do. Um, and especially the communication element of really making it, um, how would you put it, palatable for both tech and non-tech, which I think is something that Clubhouse already, and I've been on for a few weeks now, listening, paying attention. And what I've noticed is the people that... um, Proclaim to have this authenticity, this um, no filter, the personal branding. Um, We've seen it on Instagram and a lot of these places. That authenticity comes with all these filters and you can't do that here. You're listening to my voice now and if it resonates with you, if you like what I say, you'll follow me and you'll want to hear more from what I have to say. And if you don't, that's perfectly fine. doesn't mean you don't like me. So I saw this topic, you know, NZ Tech Podcast Clubhouse. Yep, I'm in. Because that is of interest to me and I've been here for a while. And it's because what you guys are saying, how you're saying it, the respectful nature of what you're doing, the seriousness you're taking of this room from a moderator's point of view is how it's supposed to be. And we will all gravitate to those rooms. Unfortunately, there's the flip side and that's human nature. We all know that. For in cyber security, as soon as something occurs in the world, cyber criminals jump on that and take advantage. And no different here. It's about like uh, educating people for cyber, it's awareness, it's being aware of what this is, how it works. And it's so new that a lot of people are still confused about this thing called Clubhouse. I really like it. I was in the vortex for a week, removed myself from the vortex, and now use it strategically to focus on where I know I can give the best value back, which is cybersecurity, helping people, talking about, geez, Fortnite for kids, Minecraft stuff and Redstone, because that stuff is not easy to get your head around. And I'm finding my voice on a whole different level and I'm really enjoying it. There's a place for it. Yes, everybody else will get involved. And like every social media we have, Twitter, I'm on it. I don't really use it. I'm there because I know I need to be. I prefer LinkedIn and Clubhouse because I love to be able to connect with people and connect the dots and bring something that no one else has thought of. And I'm finding Clubhouse, for me, is enabling me to do that. So, look, thank you for the opportunity. I will definitely be following you guys more um, and I appreciate it and I know that we'll be probably speaking again on the next room that you have. Thank
4: you. And speaking of awareness, I just want to remind people that we are still recording.
12: Oh, good for me.
0: With the recording, um, if we use anybody that ha- we hadn't discussed that with um, prior or if we think we would like to, um, we will get in touch with you directly and just get a confirmation. So there, w- there won't be any surprises um, uh, on on that front. So I know a, few, you know a few others have sort of popped up on stage and uh, just in case anybody missed, missed uh, hearing that we were recording, um, yeah, we certainly won't be uh, won't, won't be um, doing anything with those unless that's uh, that is approved.
8: You have my permission to record me.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Consent is key. Eric, you got something to share?
11: Yes, I have a question. Uh, In mention of Twitter Spaces, when uh, will this launch first, and what do you foresee it doing uh, in opposition to or in tandem
7: with Clubhouse?
0: I imagine there's a bit of a there's sort of guesswork really in terms of when it launches because uh, no nobody really knows you know how quickly they're working behind the scenes and when they will feel it's something that they're they're ready to open up uh, from both a features perspective and a scalability perspective which scalability has been one of the challenges here uh, with Clubhouse and you know, of course last week when we had Mark Zuckerberg and um, Elon Musk and, and others in rooms where uh, the rooms actually just couldn't cope with the capacity of, of more than 5,000 people um, so th- th- there's uh, there's certainly some things that uh, they may be working on behind the scenes any, any thoughts there James, Rob
3: Yeah I talked to one of the, the hosts over on, on Twitter Spaces and he said that there, there's only like 5 or 600 um, accounts that have been given out uh, to, to people to host Spaces on there so uh, it's still in the testing phases right now so it's still pretty small
0: yeah, that does sound like early days. It sort of sounds probably like where uh, where Clubhouse would have been, you know, quite quite some uh, months ago. Anyone else got anything to add before we uh, before we wrap up? Otherwise, we'll um, we'll, we'll shut the room I believe shortly.
1: That Brisbane's own Dan Barrett is uh, wanting to speak. Oh, has he disappeared. No, he's
11: still there. And the first time caller, how you doing? <laughs> Good, uh,
0: just, are- just to let you know, we are recording. Um, so uh, if you're comfortable with that, then, uh, then proceed.
11: I'm giving away all my legal rights to you guys, so you know, do what you will. Uh, <laughs> quick question, I just thinking about the idea of platforms like Clubhouse stripping away the democratisation
4: of the web. And I was thinking about how the biggest voices are controlling all the conversation on platforms like Clubhouse, and they're able to suppress unwanted commentary. It's becoming less social and more like the power wielded by talkback hosts. And I was wondering what you thought about that as the platform grows and evolves. Who wants when, to answer that? When everyone's asked me, oh, did you listen to Elon Musk on, on Clubhouse, that you're on that? I'm like, why would I want to listen to Elon Musk? I, I don't care what he says. I don't care what Zuckerberg says, really. So it, this for me, this is a social network. This is about people that I'm going to talk to on, on my level, be that software development, rock, heavy metal, um, podcasting, that kind of stuff. And talk, and then I'll I'll
0: read
6: about that
4: later. Yeah,
0: it, so, yeah. It, I guess there is a beauty to the platform that uh, you can jump in a small room and and chat. You don't don't have to be beholden to you know big rooms with heavy-handed moderators. Um, if uh, if that's not you know you you don't want to just listen to one or one or two people. So there's there's a lot of flexibility that a platform. I'm I'm very curious how how it plays out you know longer term.
3: Yeah, I, I mean I tend to agree with that. I think that the smaller rooms like. Like this one uh, tend to be much much better better experiences. Um, there's a bit highly likely, high, higher likelihood that you're going to get pulled up to the stage to contribute and uh, I just think it creates a more um, more thoughtful discussion than in the big rooms.
0: Tana, did you have something you'd like to share?
3: Uh, no,
6: man, I'm uh, working on some stuff in the background. I had to pop out so I could focus and just pop back in so you guys were still here, so I would come back.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm pretty keen to uh, wrap up the room. I know it's not it's not going to be one of those rooms that goes for three or four or five or six hours, but I've really... Okay. Uh, enjoyed everybody's uh, contributions it's been been fantastic and look I mean it, it's a great demonstration you know for me anyway of, of just what an incredible platform uh, this is we've organized it at at, re- at pretty short notice um, you know I pinged a few um, you know friends in, in different places and you know some weren't able to make it because they were going to be uh, asleep already uh, other ones were, were, were busy with family and one of the people didn't uh, didn't see the message uh, probably because I sent it to them using the wrong platform maybe I should have used old school email but it didn't look as though it had been read um, but those of you that, that were um, kind enough to, uh, to share your time um, by coming and joining in the, in the audience um, and uh, especially those who have joined us up on stage um, hugely appreciated so um, yeah a big big thank you team Thanks Paul cool all right we'll look forward to uh, catching up later and uh, we'll probably do some some more of these with uh, with with different people and uh, dif- different topics um, going going forward um, you know for those that are uh, that are listening in and haven't uh, jumped on the stage um, you may not quite realize what superstars we, we've got up here so if you haven't had a quick uh, click on profiles and uh, follow the, followed followed uh, any of interest then uh, you yeah, now now's a good time uh, to do that and uh, yeah very, uh, very very much appreciative. Um, thank you, Mark. You've uh, you know been kind enough to actually uh, come in because we're we're here in well we're in studio side by side here at uh, Podcasts NZ uh, headquarters in social Auckland. Distancing. And uh, yeah, social distancing. We've got a studio uh, to ourselves each. Thank you, John, for um, joining us from across in uh, Sydney, and James in uh, Queensland. And Rob, where where are you these days? Um, last time I think we spoke, you were uh, Seattle, but you're you're in a different time zone, I, I believe.
3: Yeah, I'm up in the the New York area now.
0: Okay, great. All right. Um, well, yeah. Thanks again, everyone, and uh, we'll we'll catch you uh, next next time. All right. See ya. New Zealand's tech podcast, the voice of the tech community,
3: proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.